Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That's one part of his game. I think the hardest part about Steph Curry is that he doesn't stop moving. Like, I watch him play... And it's unbelievable. The defender could have played 20 seconds of amazing defense. Yeah. And that, like, that last second where they didn't get over the screen quick enough, bow, he got you. People don't talk about that. The kids are shooting from half court in real games and airballing it. And I'm like, no, baby, no, <laughs> it's, baby, no. It's, it's wild no. to watch them because the ball is, like, one-third of their entire body. So yes. when you watch these kids and you – it's so true. You see it at every level now. The kids put their entire strength into heaving this ball up. It's like watching like a goldfish like throw a pumpkin. Oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Stewart and LeBron. Stewart is hot, and everybody's coming out now. Now, this is ridiculous. Yeah, he must have caught an elbow or something, but... Oh, yeah, he's he's got a lot of blood streaming from the side of the eye. Renee? Okay. It was, it was flashes of Malice of the Palace 2 over in Detroit this weekend when LeBron James and Detroit Pistons forward Isaiah Stewart got entangled after a rebound off a free throw and then got into a kind of rolling scuffle. Both players were ejected. Uh, Isaiah Stewart ended up with blood streaming down his face and uh, went on to break uh, approximately eight or ten tackles <laughs> in his various attempts Minimal. to get at LeBron. I mentioned the ejections. It is Monday afternoon. Suspensions have not come down yet, and I think that, uh, you know, people, we joke about the influence LeBron has on the league, but I think if it was any other player, they would have had these suspensions ready <laughs> at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. They're not ready yet. <laughs> Uh, what do you foresee happening in terms of suspensions, fines? It was a wild one. It was a wild one. You know, honestly, I didn't see it live, but, you know, I saw it via Twitter. And so when I first saw that there was like something that happened, at first I was like, don't nobody care? Because usually yeah. the scuffles that happen are like, once you go check them out and you look at it, you like, this is what y'all were talking about. But when I went back and I looked at this one, I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. Like, we had action. We had an emerging running back coming out in Isaiah. Like, he has Derrick Henry. Listen, <laughs> listen. There's NFL teams right now today that might want to be looking at what Isaiah Stewart was doing. He had his teammates. Cunningham gave it his best effort. I'm talking about Cunningham gave everything he yes. had to try to stop Isaiah from meeting Russell Westbrook, who was knuckled up. Ready for action. Russell Westbrook, I'm going to tell you what. I don't care what nobody says. That L.A. Lakers team is about that action. Whether it's Carmelo, A.D., 
Russell Westbrook, and even DeAndre Jordan looked like he was playing, you know, a blocker out there. That was the most defensive rotation I've <laughs> seen for saying. him in a number of seasons. <laughs> like these, I, I, say what you want about the Lakers and grant you, like, of course, I know Laker fans want Lakers to win more games and blah, blah, yeah. blah, but there's something dope about seeing teammates ride for each other. I mean, I'm an athlete, so that's kind of like my thing. Like, we've always, in the locker room, always said we got each other's back. And that don't mean only in the good times. So right. when I see this Lakers team, they always stand up for each other. I'm like, well, you know what? At least they can build off of that. It was absolutely a crazy one. Like you, I <laughs> I, I, I missed it live, but then I flipped to it when I saw what was happening on, on social media. Laker fans got mad at me for saying that LeBron Uh-oh. will probably get suspended for this. They're don't, like, they Why? Play, was, don't they play was, New York soon at Madison play, Square Garden? <laughs> now, listen. They do play them. They play them Tuesday, the day this podcast comes out. That has no bearing on my opinion that he'll get he'll get suspended. I mean, it's listen. People were like, it's inadvertent. He was trying to get him off of him. Inadvertent, advertent. Like I'm not a mind reader. I, I I'm not like Professor Charles Xavier. I don't know what people are thinking. All I know is if you ball up your fist and hit a guy in the face, whether you meant to do it or not, it's a reckless play and you'll get a game for that that's just like how it works what will be interesting to me is like how many as Stewart gets I would imagine it be maybe something like 2-2 they make them even or something do you think that the punishment should be equal like did both parties do the same amount of thing I mean LeBron this is just my opinion and my opinion does not <laughs> say what the league office does. Right. We don't have but nothing I think, to look, do with the NBA. I, but I think LeBron did it on purpose. I, I, do I think he's a dirty player? No. I don't think it's like the dirtiest play ever. This is stuff that happens in basketball. But I think he meant to swing his arm. I think he probably didn't think he was going to hit him in the face. I think he thought uh, maybe I'm going to get him in the bow him in the chest or something, get him off me. Um, and so I think that that will happen. But for Stewart, I think if you break away from your teammates one time, like fight happens, right? And then uh-huh. you get held back and then you break away once. Okay. You probably get away with that. If you break away from people three, four times, I'm sorry, but the Pistons game day staff, the ushers, the security guards, et cetera, they don't get paid enough to be diving in front of Isaiah Stewart five, six times. You know what I mean? Like they're just trying to, it's the Lord. This is a Sunday. Even the Lord rested on this day and they're being asked to dive in front of Isaiah Stewart multiple times while he's bleeding from a wound. There was a coach that hit the ground trying to, you know, block the, like, I'm going to tell you right now, Isaiah, like that, that was a man loose ball. I'm going to tell you. Loose. The security guard didn't even try. So I know that you said he didn't try to block it. There was one police officer. He reached out his arm and he was like, "Up, oh, couldn't reach him. You're on your own. Like, and then there was a coach that tried to drag him, fell out. Like I said, Cunningham was the only one that kind of had him around the race and was like, yeah. I'm not letting go. But there was not much. Speaking of, I would just say, should security be able to? to secure the area what like what defines security anymore like because i'm trying to figure it out because those people are there like let's say hypothetically somebody as big as isaiah stewart tried to get a hold of the players i I don't know what those security guards or people around could do so i'm starting to think that other than the fact that nba players we now see can play in the nfl if they would like to we see that there's (laughs) there's capabilities there the nba might want to look at the securities problem because 
I'm not saying that this was Malice in Palace Part 2, but had Cunningham not been as diligent as he was... He was good. He was that good. Would, that would have been very interesting what could have happened. Because DeAndre Jordan was sitting there waiting. Like, this is who you have to meet before you can get to LeBron. Then you got to meet Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, probably Carmelo Anthony after that. And at the very last one, and the last challenge, you get to see LeBron. So it could have got ugly. It was- it was like the end of Avengers Endgame. On your left, LeBron, and then it's Russell Westbrook there. <laughs> On your left, it's DeAndre Jordan there. I will say, so, <laughs> here's the thing about Isaiah Stewart being the running back. He he acted all cooled down, right, and was walking away. But then he saw, he saw the smallest coach on the edge. And that's when he went for the hole. That's when he did the cutback. That's when he went for the cutback and exploded across the edge because he saw, oh, I got, I got, the matchup is in my favor. So he does have those instincts. I will say Cade's stock in my eyes went up huge. First of all, you're absolutely right. He stuck with him. Like he was out there in front of Stewart the whole time, grabbing him by the waistband, not letting him get loose. And that's your rookie. That's yeah. not veteran presence. That's your rookie. He's he was right next to him the whole time trying to calm him down. Now some some folks were like, okay, now Stewart is playing because much like the uh you know the Heat Nuggets situation, it seemed like it was chilled out. And then when they got separated, all of a sudden Stewart wanted more. Let me in and this is not to like defend anything Stewart did because he went wild. I've seen I'm a coward. Okay, but I've been around fights and I've seen it where somebody gets scratched a little bit. They got a little blood. They see that blood and all of a sudden it changes. What was just like a little light scuffle turns into like turns it just goes to another level. And I think that's what happened with Stewart. I think he didn't know he was bleeding and he wanted to talk to LeBron and then they got separated. And then he saw, oh, wait, am I bleeding? And then it just went to it. Then it went to a different level. Yes. Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, so listen, Jason, I'm excited because we have another women's pro team owner right here on the Zoom right now, and I love that type of energy. She's part owner of the NWSL's Chicago Red Stars, but you probably know her from all the stuff that she does on ESPN. You turn on ESPN, she's on ESPN. I see her all the time. Sarah Spain, welcome to Take Line. Thank you. Love to be here. Happy to be here. Ready to go. Uh, So... As Renee mentioned uh, in the intro, 
Your Chicago Red Stars uh, lost in a nail-biter to the Washington Spirit in the NWSL Championship over the weekend in extra time, which uh, people could watch on television, which is fantastic. Uh, Talk to me about your feelings in the wake of this uh, finals loss. Yeah. How are you feeling about yeah. the about your team? Not just television, CBS, like big CBS on That's a college right. football Saturday, which is awesome. Um, I am so proud of my team, and I know that that's what people say, but that is super legit. If you look at the roster that we could have had and should have had, if not for injuries and absences, we had more Olympic players than any other team this season, and none of them were in that final. Alyssa Nair got hurt. Julie Ertz got hurt. Casey Kruger was out. Mal Pugh didn't make the Olympic team because of a hamstring thing early on, but absolutely was deserving of it. She goes out in the first half after missing our semifinal game. We don't have Kaylee Watt, who's our second highest scorer, because she got injured in the semis game. So we have a bunch of people who rallied together despite all of those injuries throughout the year. Tierna Davidson, we did have from our Olympic squad who was out there holding it down for the defense. But it was just like a real roller coaster of a season. So for them to make it all the way to the final and overtime and come up so close and so short, um, it was tough. We've been to the finals a number of times and we just can't get the win. We're like Susan Lucci. We're like the, you know, the 90s Bills. It's like one of these days, it's going to be us. You know, you talked about it and, and- me being a co-owner of the Atlanta Dream, there's struggles that happen mm-hmm. in women's sports. And so can you just talk about like what it's been like for you to be, you know, to become a co-owner? First of all, congratulations. That's lit. Yeah. Uh, but Seriously. just talk about like what that's like and what like what you expected and what's the reality right. in women's sports. It's a lot of work. And it's a lot of a learning curve because I like to joke I've never had a real job. I mean, my job is very demanding. <laughs> it takes a lot of time, but I'm not doing you know, profits and losses. And I'm not, I don't manage other people. I don't have to figure out budgets. Like, so coming in and and having to really jump in on like concession percentages and stadium fees and ticket sales and like all the other, and and Chicago is such an awesome market for sports, but it's also so flooded. We have so many teams that we're competing with two baseball teams, hockey, basketball, like all the stuff. So, um, that's been a great learning experience for me. And it also has made me slightly more empathetic to owners of teams, but just like the <laughs> tiniest bit, like the, like just a little bit, right? Just a little bit. bit. Um, because in the end, I still feel like most people are doing it wrong. And that became clear even in this league partway through the season. I mean, you look there, our coach just, um, resigned last night after 11 years, the only coach this team has had. There's one coach left, I think, from the entire league that made it from the beginning of the season to the end. That's it. It just, the the, the turnover and the coaches, the scandals across a couple different teams. um, It's just devastating because we know the power of sport when it's good. And we also know that it can be so enabling of the worst behaviors because there's money in it, because there's success in it, because there's prestige in it. And so people will default toward protecting an institution, whether that's a team, a church, a military, whatever it is, they will default toward that protection instead of what's right. And to see it happen in a women's league is so infuriating because we're like, if we can't get this right, how do we expect the NFL? Like on a much smaller scale, number of teams, money, everything else. And so we got to do right by the players. And what I found is really hard is like, you shouldn't ever be uh, in opposition, but according to what many people would look at from like, whether it's lawyers or players association or whatever, like I'm the man now. 
but I don't want to be the man because yeah. I actually disagree yeah. with all the mans. And I <laughs> love like, somebody. I want to be, oh, yeah. be on the like the side. I want to do what the players want. I want to, you know, all this stuff. So it's um it's been real tough, but I want to be a part of it. I don't want the worst people to ruin the shit we love. And yeah. if we give yeah. up on trying to change it from within, that's what we're letting happen. So you just got to struggle through it. How do you, how do you, you mentioned like you are the man, but you want to <laughs> bring that I'm not the man energy into the role. How do you, how do you do that? Like, how do you marry your ideals with the kind of like nuts and bolts right. uh, responsibilities that you have like as an owner now uh, in, in a sports league? Well, for one, I wish I was just filthy, stinking rich. I just, I, know, I yeah, just, man. Wouldn't, that, wouldn't that help? God, I just want to take the best people and give them all the money and then have them run yeah. all the shit because it's just sad how money can corrupt or, or maybe just the people who make the most of it always had that kind of mindset. That's why they were able to be so successful because they don't give a shit because so many mm -hmm. people that have the most money and know how to handle things are not doing it the way I would. But the problem is I can't be like, yeah, we should definitely play the players more. I mean, I don't have the money right. to do it, but like we should do it. Right. Like you should use your right. money to pay them more. So it's like, you want those things and you want those changes in women's sports specifically that the, the answer is always, how do you balance investing with sustainability? Because you can't yeah. just throw money at it and not think about whether you have enough and the, and the return on investments enough to keep it going. Cause we want this league to be here for our players and our players, kids and their players, kids. And so, um, that's the balance is like, how do I make sure we're running this league the way I would want, knowing that I personally don't have the money to just throw at every problem. So how are we using our best creative minds and resources to get sponsors and investors and everybody on board? And then how are we also like really having the tough conversations to kick the people out who are not wanting to do things mm. right and who are who are Ooh. not going to behave in the Sarah way that we want. Sarah is preaching. Yeah, you is get preaching. it. I'm sure you get it. I so get it. You are speaking my life. And even to talk about like women's sports and what's going on with it, we saw that even last year in 2020, there's starting to be an elevation of women's female voices, not just in sports, but in general. And like, how much do you think the WNBA, the NWSL, you know, we know they've been fighting the fight about equal pay yeah. on the national team front, but even still just speaking out on the disparities. How do you think both of our leagues has kind of played in the elevation of the female voice? It's huge. Like, First of all, one of the big things that social media has done, which is actually really beneficial, is like the democratization of sports fandom. You don't need the gatekeepers yeah. to tell you it's okay. The gatekeepers have yep. been program directors at TV and radio, people who are you know doing rights deals, and they forever just said, no, there's no room for women's sports. And people online said, no, 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 we really want this, <laughs> and we're going to prove it. We're going to follow Paige Beckers till yes. she has millions and millions. We're going to tell you when ESPN puts you know Iowa UConn on that millions of people are going to tune in because you just told them it was on and why they should care about it the same way we do with little league world series or curling in the olympics like give them a story give them the stakes give them the stars and people are into it and for years there wasn't even a chance given for women's sports and now that the people are calling for it there's more streaming opportunities there's more spaces to put it there's more places for the eyeballs to find them it's working and there's this great study the fan project by a sports innovation lab that angela rogero runs longtime olympic uh hockey player and they did a multi-year study of women's sports fans and proved out that they are the future of 
fandom. They're already the so-called fluid fan. They have to work to find their team. It's on Paramount Plus. It's on Twitch. It's on Two. It's on this app. Mm. Men are like, okay, cool, football. It's going to be Sunday. It's going to be on Fox. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Which is like, yeah, which is awesome for them. But for for men and women who want to watch their their women's sports, they got to work for it. So they are ahead of the game yeah, as we're watching streaming change the landscape. We already know where to be and how to find it. We already like to co-watch with each other on something like Twitch and talk about it in the chat. So like all of that is changing where the power structure is. And when you do that, then you offer up that there's a need for more experience and perspective from people who look and sound different, which bring in all these women, bring them to the front offices and let them talk to you. And also like we talked about this with the SPNW over a decade ago when we started the idea that you could just be like, well, I think uh, everybody who knows about ESPN either watches it or doesn't like sports and we're just done. I guess our work's here. And you're like, wait a minute. What about like <laughs> half the population that maybe doesn't feel like it's yes. for them or you didn't yeah. speak to them or like still terrestrial radio so often is so exclusive, making fun of women, yeah. making fun of LGBTQI, making fun of people of color, like all of this that you don't feel invited. So like putting in the work to be like, you could be expanding in massive ways. If you just gave it a shot, that's where women come in and, and realize that there's this big potential. Yes. I, I absolutely love it. I <laughs> love what I'm hearing. <laughs> Let's switch, switching gears for a second. As my uh, good friend, Trey Kirby likes to say, the bulls, <laughs> Are, are back. back. Uh, they are back. <laughs> they beat some team this weekend. I don't know who they beat. They beat somebody, uh, some Eastern Nicker Conference team this weekend. Bakker. I'm not sure who it was. I don't know who it was. <laughs> but uh, how are you feeling? Man, it's, it's been a long road to get to this point, obviously, and the uh, uh, attempts from Chicago to kind of like build it organically through the draft, et cetera, uh, ran aground. And now it they went out and got some mm-hmm. good players and they are playing great. How are you feeling about your Chicago Bulls? I'm feeling fantastic about my Chicago Bulls. <laughs> I So I had the distinct pleasure of growing up in Chicago <laughs> in the 90s and getting first front row wow. for the entire Bulls Michael Jordan experience. And I, I, I like, you know, there are people who grew up watching the Patriots and they feel great about myself. I would argue there's no other time I would rather have been in than the 90s Bulls Michael Jordan era because it defined who I was as a sports fan. It's the reason I do the job that I do now. My obsession with Jordan remains uh, very unhealthy. Uh, There should definitely be restraining (laughs) orders involved. But anyway, the point is, is that it was so unbelievable. And it also came at the same time. I wrote a thesis paper on this in college, the advent of like the globalization of cable, the individual shoe deals, as opposed to like a whole bunch of dudes wearing Converse in a picture. It was like, it created a whole new world for sports. And that was Jordan at that pivot point that was the bulls of that pivot point so um the hangover has been real because it's not just oh we remember when we were good and it's been rough sets it's like we remember when we were the epicenter of the the world michael jordan was like the most famous person on the globe for sure and so even those runs with derrick rose and getting to the eastern conference finals and how it felt like they were this upstart like bench mob crew that were out doing expectations um we never got to the finish line and we're not there yet to do but just feeling confident in the front office and the coach i mean for me that's it i look across the landscape when the cubs won it was theo epstein and i felt good about it right when the bulls were playing you could you could dislike reinsdorf kraus whatever but that team was well put together and jordan was as much a part of that front office as anyone like looking at what we had in recent years gar packs and boylan you just look at it and be like this is not gonna work like 
the ties. It's like Nagy and Pace right now are the new Gar Pack. Like, you look around and you're like, I need to believe in the people running this. So now you got, you know, Damar and Zach and Caruso and, the, the, you know, you got the hustle players, you got the stars. Like, it's so fun. And it's just fun. That's all I want. I want to enjoy it. They don't have to win it all right now. I want to enjoy it. And just watching it was painful before. You know, speaking of MJ and Scotty Pippen in the 90s Bulls, oh. I'm curious mm. because Scotty's been making some waves about his new book. Mm. And you said you were there front and center. Yeah. And he has some things to say about how people view those years. So what's been your reaction to the things he's been saying about MJ? Is there truth behind mm. it? Is it just is he just trying to promote a book? I yeah. mean, you said you were front and center. I'm curious. It's making me sad. It's making me sad. You know, the last dance during COVID last year was so huge, and I got to host a pre and post game show for it, and have all these old '90s bulls on the show, and like go find all my magazines and newspapers and Michael Jordan's <laughs> secret stuff candy that I had to have before every competition in high school wow. and college, and I have my Be Like Mike shirt over my jersey for warmups every game. Like I went through all of that amazing nostalgia and it felt so good to revisit it. Even the moments that were darker or where you really got to see the side of Jordan that was maniacal, like that, that was so important to his success, but that wasn't always easy for everyone else. There was still this, like in the end, they all won and they all got each other to this great place together. And they stuck with it for like a decade, which is insane in professional sports. Yeah, so yeah, this is definitely. sad to me. Like, even though of course there's truth to it, Scotty is a top 50 player, one of the greatest ever. And he's always going to be the sidekick, but like, yep. you're not going to convince anyone. There's nobody reading your book, watching your interviews. That's like, you know what? <laughs> he's right. He, he is better than, than Michael Jordan. Right. And instead it just makes you sad because for years he would post all the time about the two of them together and talk about what the great things that they accomplished. And I think yeah. the last dance really hurt him. And you heard that during it. Yeah. He wasn't doing interviews. And that makes me sad the way it was handled, that it reflected poorly on him and that his feelings were hurt. But it also makes me sad now because in his mind, he probably thinks he's getting his end of the deal out or getting his side of it out. And instead, I think it's just making people feel kind of sorry for him. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Well, That's definitely. What is wow, we really took it down. We had Sarah really took it down. We had Sarah Spano. <laughs> no, I mean, no, it's just, it, it's true because it is no, true, it's, yeah. it's true. It's just imagine your whole life you're known as like the ultimate sidekick. Like, we, me and Jason have done like a whole almost yeah. a half a show about it. So, it's, it's like, you know imagine how that your feels. Whole, it's Renee's show, and then you're there, but like, you know, I'm fine with this it. This is uh, not the case. I'm fine Sarah, with it. no, that is not a good example. <laughs> you know, when the, when, the, when, the, when this is, I'm happy to just be here as she oh, games. Oh, please. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. But yeah, no. Um, I mean, Jordan's still the greatest of all time. Always going to be. So. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm. I've I, I will go on record as saying right now I am happy to be carried to any level of success. <laughs> Anybody out here that wants right. to that, sidekick want, me, yeah, you yeah, got exactly. you you're doing me, sidekick me, hashtag sidekick me. You want to take me to six rings? Let's fucking go. I yes. love it. Let's go. I love it. You. I will have take own me to a the mountaintop. Well into my seventies, just because <laughs> yes, you got me somewhere twenty five years you. ago. Let's go. I got I, two championship rings, and I was the best. Backup point guard. Sidekick me. Sidekick. I I am I am sitting shotgun. I will like what you want to change the change the podcast, change the radio station. You got it. What do you want? Do we need what do you look? You want uh, the sun chips right yeah, now? Yeah. You looking for you the, the Pringles from what do you the glove wanna, compartment? You want, I, got I got it for you. Take me to those titles. 
She is Sarah Spade of ESPN. Please <laughs> check her out. Yes. Everywhere she is doing stuff. That includes Fitz and Spain, 7 to 9 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Fitz. That includes her. I sidekicked him. Spain and Fitz. <laughs> <laughs> That includes Around the Horn and all the rest of her ESPN content. That includes That's What She Said. That's What She Said. Sarah, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. And Sarah, won't you stick around for uh, Take Survivor? Oh, I'm in. Okay, so Jason, listen. We have both of our squads, the Knicks and the Hawks, but we haven't talked so much about the hot start from the boys in the Bay, the Golden Woo! State Warriors. They're 15-2 and two right now. Steph Curry is playing out of his mind. MVP caliber play. I don't know anyone who puts on a better show than Steph Curry right now That's in the amazing. game of basketball. It's, it's just the showmanship and all of it. Draymond is again showing that he has something to give to the league, and he's talking noise. He has his own podcast out now, and I saw it, and he talked about how People better hope they don't lose because he's been keeping track of everything everyone has said over that period <laughs> of time when they were not the best. Clay Thompson hasn't even played yet and is, is set to come part. back. And when you look at a 15 and 2 record, they still have, I mean, Weissman, I don't know if he's even back yet. They have some heat still coming. And in the same breath, they're 15 and 2. Steph Curry is fanning himself because he's too hot. He's like, cool me off. No one can. So. Are we making them the favorites for the Larry O'Brien this year? Like, what are we doing? What are we saying? So I had them as a dark horse. I thought, okay. you know, they look shaky last few years. It's unclear how much uh, Draymond has in the tank. Steph is going to be Steph for a number of years. The way his, yeah, forget it. When you could shoot like that, it don't matter if you have any foot speed. If you can handle the ball at all, you're going to get open. We can shoot like that. But it was it was unclear what, what was going on with the rest of the squad. Like, uh, you know, and now they're healthy. Iguodala's healthy. Draymond, hate him, love him. He annoys me. I hate playing against him. That guy's a genius. It it it's amazing what he does. The way he's able to read the game. And you said it. This is all. You know, originally I was like, okay, a dark horse. And what does a dark horse mean exactly? That means like some things have to break right. So, you know, you would pick, you know, this is before the season. So I'm thinking, okay, Lakers, uh, the Suns coming back, the Nuggets, if they get healthy, Clippers. And then and then we'll see. And then we'll see about Golden State if they answer some questions, if everybody's healthy, some of the top teams slip. And that is just forget it. These guys are the favorites. Clay hasn't even come back yet. That's scary. I was sitting here like, okay, if they get Clay at 60 to 75%, forget it. When you got Draymond Green playing at the level he's playing, where he and Steph together are just an, a, a force, and you're getting some pretty good output from Jordan Poole, from Wiggins at times. For sure. Poole has been killing it. The team offensively still falls off a cliff when Steph sits, but they're like, top three in offense and defense. They look like the old Warriors and Clay hasn't come back yet. And I think the important thing that they've done too is last year, there was a lot of push-pull about, you know, how do we be a competitive team and also develop James Wiseman, get him minutes, yeah. figure out how he can play in the in the scheme. And James Wiseman needs pick and roll. The team plays read and react. It didn't work. And now that's gone. Kevon Looney is playing, and he's playing well. 
and the and the theory now is, or at least you know the philosophy is, James Wiseman, he's the number two pick. You got to take Kevon Looney's job. You just got to take his job, or you're not going to play. And that's clearly the right move right now because the Warriors steamrolling everybody. They, I mean, they're they're rolling right now. And sometimes with teams, when you have a flow, yeah. even if you add a good player, sometimes that can mess up the flow. So I'm curious. How it's going to look when they do infuse Clay? Because then, when you add different people to the rotation, that means people are going to have less minutes. Some are going to have more minutes. Some are going to have. And Golden State has a system where there's enough shots for everyone. We know that. Like yeah. we've seen it when everyone was healthy. I'm not asking is there enough balls for everyone, but I just know that anytime you change anything on a team, like it doesn't matter if it's one person. It can change yes. the chemistry of the team, yep. not in a bad way. I mean, it, it, like sometimes it can be in a bad way, but what are your thoughts for when Clay comes back? Like, is it going to take them like when like is that is there going to be a period where they look, I would say, not a 15 and two Warriors like because they're adding him? What do you think? Assuming he's healthy enough to play at a level comparable to his uh, previous amount of play. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that if you're Jordan Poole or Wiggins, you're like, man, I really miss those two to three shots that are now going to clay that used to be mine. By the same token, that three, Draymond, Steph, clay that's a big three, like any that we've seen in, in NBA history with great Definitely. teams. And I think it's known. You know what I mean? Like, I think- that, No, of it's not that fit. it's gonna, they know his role. I think there will be some transition. Yeah, like I'm talking about, when you get a starter back from injury, everybody knows that starter is the yeah. starter. But how does the team infuse that starter back into the rotation and back into the thing? I think there will be some transition, particularly if it takes some time for him to find his shot. Yeah. Because, you know, Clay was an elite two-way player. So we feel like, okay, assuming health and everything, the defense within the scheme should be there. What happens if he's not missing his shots? Yeah. And that's where I think the chemistry issues could come into play. What do you, what do you, what do you think? You know, I'm curious to see. I like it's not like he's going to be coming back from his injury having not practiced. So I right. always, you know, like I know that he will have practiced for a certain amount of time. But I just know with teams, like I mean, shoot, we saw it. We both had teams last year that ended the season on a high. No, we didn't win a championship, but we knew that we were heading in the right direction. We yep. knew we had the nucleus that we wanted, and we knew that okay, this feels different. So then we both come this year. A couple of changes were made to our teams. We still had our same nucleus and we struggled. I mean, the Atlanta Hawks, we saw it struggled heavily. We still had Trey out there. We still had John Collins out there. We still had Clint Capella yeah. out there. Danilo Gallinari. We still had all of our heavy hitters out there, but each year is different. And so Clay hasn't played in two years. So I mean, just that's a long time. That's a long time. Just the rhythm of the game, just getting the rust off, just finding your flow. The passing, the speed of the game, I don't care what anybody says. Once you get into the game, the game is the game. You can practice all you want, but that game, uh, energy that it takes for you to get your second win because the adrenaline, all of that, your legs, you might train so much time, but your legs could be dead just because the adrenaline. Like yeah. You're just so excited to be playing again after two years that there's just periods of things that you have to go through. So I'm just curious to see how Clay looks after two years of not playing on the court a game. I got to ask you this about Steph. So here's uh, Steph through 16 games, 28 points, shooting 45%, uh, six rebounds, 
six and a half assists, 96% from the free throw line. Ridiculous. Uh, he scored 45 on October 21st, 50 on November 8th, 40 on November 12th. Um, let me ask you this because it's something I've been thinking about. I've always said that if if we had 10 LeBron Jameses, 10 players that played like LeBron James in the league, people would say this is the best basketball has ever been. This is amazing. If we had 10 Steph Currys, you'd hear people be like, we got to change the rules. Like we got to move the three point back. We got to widen the court or something, maybe put a cap on three. I just think that he is the most game breaking, unique offensive player of our lifetimes. Yeah. Not to take away anything from anybody else. It's the way he plays has the potential. If more people could play like this, to change basketball into like a completely different kind of game. That's kind of what his whole slogan or mantra is. It's ruin the game, change the game. And I think that that's kind of what they're getting at. He has such a talent that, first of all, he did ruin the game in a sense of every time (laughs) I go and I watch these little kids play, everybody wants to shoot. They yes. can't even shoot a free it's throw. So true. Like these it's kids so can't even shoot a free throw. Like Steph, the things that kids miss about what Steph Curry does, he's still getting six rebounds. He's shooting yeah. 96% from the free throw line. He's making layups. He's making <laughs> floaters. He's scoring yeah. in the paint. He's cutting without the ball. He's making unbelievable passes. But the only thing that kids it's are so gravitating true. to so is the fact that he shoots logo threes or that he shoots the it's wildest so threes. Like, that's one part of his game. I think the hardest part about Steph Curry is that he doesn't stop moving. Like, I watch yeah. him play, and it's unbelievable. The defender could have played 20 seconds of amazing defense. Yeah. And that, like, that last second where they didn't get over the screen quick enough, bow, he got you. People don't talk about that. The kids are shooting from half court in real games and airballing it. And I'm like, no, baby, no, <laughs> it's, baby, no. It's it's wild no. to watch them because the ball is like one third of their entire body. So yes. when you watch these kids, and you, it's so true. You see it at, at every level now. The kids put their entire strength into heaving this ball up. It's like watching like a goldfish like throw a pumpkin. Oh and, <laughs> and you see it a million times a game. These little kids just like heaving shots at the rim. Yes, they must be stopped. Like in, and it's not, you know what? And honestly, it's gotten to junior high schoolers, high schoolers. It's like everybody want to shoot from the logo and be like, Curry, no, baby. You better get some DeAndre Jordan on and get by the basket and shoot a layup. Like I just, what's happening now is like, yes, he, I think it's amazing. He's honed his skills so much that it's a cheat code. Like you, you can't yeah. guard him because where you, you got to start picking him up at half court. And then yeah. now when he's running off of the screens, you're like, you're guarding a man, a full half court. I think it's amazing what he's done, but what the world is taking from it is, Oh my gosh, the basketball players all want to be him. And they don't know how many hours he put in. They don't know all this stuff that you need to be Curry. Other than the fact that they see that he shoots from deep. And I'm like, Oh, Lord. <laughs> hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. 
Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. that sound is it's time for take survivor the game where only the strongest take wins an incredible lineup today joining us we have a core member of the crooked nucleus tommy vitor tommy how are you i am great i'm I'm thrilled to be here i'm thrilled to talk some turkey Uh, fuck Mac Jones, fuck the Patriots. Next up, (laughs) listen to Spain and Fitz, 7 and 9 Eastern, wherever you get your streaming radio. She is Sarah Spain, one of the best to ever do it. Sarah, how are you? Wow, what an what a d- introduction. Thank you. Uh, I'm also ready to say fuck Mac Jones and the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> this is bullshit. It really is. The fuck? You can't be 12 and all of a sudden good. You can't, you can't even drive yet. He is he is a producer on this podcast. Uh, he is a producer on All Caps NBA. He is Zuri. And I could see in his eyes the fire of the competition. He is ready to rip throats today. Zuri, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm in a throat ripping mood, apparently. And, um... <laughs> Uh, fuck Mac Jones and the Patriots, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Hello, yeah. <laughs> and finally, she is a two-time WNBA <laughs> champion, co-owner of the Atlanta Dream, co-host of this podcast. She is Renee Montgomery. Renee, how are you? What up with it? Listen, the Patriots just beat us in Thursday Night Football, so I'm all the way with this movement right yeah, now. Right. I'm with it. I'm with it. <laughs> Drink our tears, unfortunately. They enjoy this it. This is like a group of losers. You yeah, see what I'm saying? It really like, I feel like a part of a group of losers all picking on the winners, but here we are. Uh, thanks for those garbage time picks, though. We'll, we'll, the defense will take them. <laughs> okay. It is a Thanksgiving-themed show today, and just to catch people up quickly, three rounds. Our contestants will answer a, a question Everyone who is on this Zoom call will then vote on the weakest question, and that person will be ejected from the game, and we will move forward until the finals, at which point everybody (laughs) will vote on the strongest take, and that person will go on to be crowned the winner of Take Survivor Thanksgiving Week Edition. Are you ready? Let's get it. Mm -hmm. Prompt number one. What is the best thing movie? television show sport to watch on Thanksgiving. What's the best thing to watch on Thanksgiving? 
Let's start with Tommy. Tommy. Okay, so normally this is easy, and the answer is just watch football, obviously. But this year, the 12:30 game is the Bears Lions, which is just like spectacularly shitty, <laughs> and everyone will be asleep by the time the Bills play the Saints at 8:20 at night. So here's my pitch: planes, trains, and automobiles. An mm. overlooked wow. classic starring John Candy and Steve Martin gets you into the holiday spirit. It's not Christmas TV yet, but it's almost there. So planes, trains, and automobiles. Planes, trains, and automobiles, an absolute classic. Uh, wear your hands between two soft pillows. If you've seen that movie, you know that reference. Those are Let's pillows! Move- <laughs> Those are pillows! <laughs> Next up, Renee. Renee, what is the best thing? You got the family all together. Yeah. What is the best thing? Television show, movie, sport to watch on Thanksgiving. Well, Tommy just ethered us with saying you can't just say football. So I'm going to just go with a simple classic, the Macy's Parade. But the only reason I say that is because don't watch just to watch the parade. Watch to see how cold everyone is that's calling the parade, (laughs) the performers singing the parade. It's a comedy. It's not just a show. It's a comedy reel to watch people act like they're not cold at the Macy's Day Parade, especially the performers. So watch the parade, but watch for the shivers. That's what I would say. Good one. The Macy's Parade. <laughs> I always love to watch it, uh, especially when the wind. Oh, uh, take, blow take the, the whole balloon. parade away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just like it when one float starts eating ass on another one because something <laughs> like that, the timing <laughs> and the spacing. I mean, that's clearly what we're all waiting for. What, listen, what goes on between two consenting floats, I think, is what is. <laughs> Sarah, uh, Sarah, on the strength of that, let's ask you, what is the best movie, television show, yeah. or sport, whatever, to watch on Thanksgiving? I'm going to be directly in defiance to one Tommy Vitor because he expects us to only watch football when it's good. What a absolutely privileged answer. If Patriot privilege strikes again, it was good. We would never watch it. Some of us (laughs) want to watch our team play the Lions because it might be the only game we actually fucking win. So the answer is, of course. You watch the Lions play whoever they're playing to make yourself feel better about yourself oh. and life and football in general. Uh, okay. I love Justin wow. Fields. Thank you for that tiny Good morsel. Thank you. <laughs> tiny morsel. Zuri, what is the best movie, TV, show, or sport, whatever, to watch on Thanksgiving? Well, um, I grew up in L.A., so I didn't grow up with football with my hometown team playing on Thursdays in November. So I'm going to go with a movie here. Uh, do you guys remember the movie Terminal with Tom Hanks? Mm-hmm. I do. Where yes. he was stuck at where, where he, he lives there. The terminal. There is no more indicative experience of Thanksgiving than getting stuck behind uh, in, with transportation issues. It's a movie about culture clashes. It's about romance. It's about delayed flights. Um, nothing wraps up the Thanksgiving experience more than being stuck at an airport uh, against your will. So I'm going to go with the terminal. So similar to planes, trains, and automobiles, but not a classic. Right. Uh, well, I mean, to each his own. And just <laughs> one form of transportation. <laughs> just one form hey, of transportation. Itself. I got the tunnel vision on uh, Sarah. <laughs> Part of Tom Hanks's uh, iconic Tom Hanks Trapped Somewhere series of movies. Super. Let's go to the voting now. Here we go to the voting. Now, a reminder once again. All of you will be voting on the weakest take in this round and who will be ejected. Please send them in the chat to Carlton, our producers. So exciting. Who will it be today? Who will be the first 
person ejected from the island? Will it be Tommy Vitor of Patriot Privilege who says, uh, don't watch football. Don't watch football unless uh, Mac Jones yeah. and the Patriots yeah. are involved in the football. Yeah. Will it be Renee who says, uh, you know what? Watch one of the great American traditions, the Macy's Day Parade uh, every Thanksgiving. What a wonderful event. Uh, watch the floats eat ass and, and <laughs> take and take poor individuals who are trying to hold them down on wind gust rides into the air. Will it be Sarah Spain who says, listen, it's it, also an American tradition, molly whopping the Detroit Lions yeah. week one, <laughs> week two, week three, suffering. week four, every week of the <laughs> NFL season. Watch them get steamrolled. <laughs> it, it will make you feel good. Or will it be Zuri who says, you listen, you've seen Tom stranded on an island. You've seen him working alone against uh, Cold War spies and American exceptionalism. Watch him stuck in, a, in an airline terminal. That is, that is sublime. That's Thanksgiving joy. The votes are coming in now. Let's take a look. I am receiving them over Steve Jobs' internet. Here we go. The votes are in. We have one vote for Thomas Mac Tommy Vitor. We have one vote for Zuri. One vote for Renee. Three-way tie right now. Wow. Sir Spain dunking on the competition thus far. And uh, another vote for Zuri. And another vote for our first expulsion from the island. He came in with the fire of a true competitor. (laughs) He leaves still feeling that fire, I can tell. By the look in his eyes, Zuri, what do you have to say? Um, not much. You know, I'm gonna work on my game. I'm gonna get back to the lab. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna watch some tape and uh, get a good plate of Thanksgiving dinner. And, uh, Perfect. Yeah. I suggest something other than the terminal. And I'm gonna watch the terminal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever, watch you go. Watch, whatever tape you're watching, not that. We love you, Zuri. Watch Snoopy get pink eye. Love you, Zuri. That's right. That's love right. you, Zuri. Love We're you moving on to round two. Uh, an exciting round two. Let's start with you, Tommy. Round two question. Assemble your best Thanksgiving plate. The perfect plate. What is on that plate when you come away from the from the from the kitchen or you are handed a plate by whoever is putting the food out? It's the perfect plate. You're looking at it. What's on that perfect plate, Tommy Vito? Okay. I'm doing this in terms of most item on the plate to least. So number one. Okay. Stuffing. You eat stuffing once a year. Go nuts. It's the best thing on your plate. Okay. Two, gravy. Gravy goes on everything. You never regret that. Okay. Three, my mom makes this like brown sugar bourbon squash thing that's really sweet, adds a little sweet to your savory. Go big there. Then I'm going to say turkey meat, then mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes are fine. Yes, you can doctor them up, but they're just kind of. Wow, this is a real plate. Yeah, yeah. If if you love mashed potatoes, I think maybe you should step back with your life and just be like, am I settling? You know what I mean? Like, look around your significant other and think (laughs) to yourself, like, is this the best Mm -hmm. I can do? Cranberry, whatever the green nonsense is at the end because you're pretending you're being healthy. Done. Okay. Wow. Wow. That That is a significant plate. That is a heaping plate from Tommy Mac Jones Vitor. Let's go to Renee. Renee. The perfect Thanksgiving plate. Yeah, this is a hard question, but 
I'm gonna just go with the perfect Thanksgiving plate is a plate that you eat all day. So you start with Ooh. your first plate, you go back for a second plate, and then you let it settle for a second because we gotta let the food sit. And then after you watch the Chicago Bears beat the Lions, uh-huh. then you go back and you get your third plate. <laughs> right. So it's not just a one plate mm-hmm. thing. The best Thanksgiving plate lasts all day long. That's yes. my answer. Yeah. I love it. That is the feel of Thanksgiving for me. Mm-hmm. Sarah, what do you think? What is the yeah. best? What is the ideal, the perfect, the platonic ideal of the Thanksgiving plate is what? I like the idea of the infinity pool of plates. I think that is very smart. Yeah. That is why the plate has to begin somewhere around 1 or 2 p.m. You cannot have Thanksgiving dinner at dinner time because you're really limiting. You've already eaten stuff that day, so you're a little bit full. You're limiting the leftovers you can have on the second and third round. We, we know we're getting the sandwich the next day and all that. So, like, you need to still have multiple <laughs> rounds on day one. Now, Tommy's take on mashed potatoes is trash, and it actually makes me think that he's settled for just the mom that he was given. And I don't want to call your mom trash. I'm just saying that if you think that mashed potatoes are just okay and they can be dressed up, but if you enjoy them, you're settling, then I would argue maybe your mom's been settling her whole life. She probably makes them out of a box. Wow. Is she making them Sarah Spain, Sarah Spain, Sarah Spain running for governor of Virginia. She's going hard negative in the paint today. Oh, my God. I'm just saying your plate sounded good until you tried to dog mashed potatoes. Sarah, what is the answer though? Okay, the answer is clearly mashed potatoes with gravy, but you don't put gravy on everything. You just put it on the stuffing and the mashed potatoes. (laughs) Cranberry sauce can get the fuck out. Not on the turkey? No. (laughs) Cranberry sauce is trash. Nobody actually wants it, especially if it came out of a disgusting can. You do get some (laughs) good-ass green beans in there because they're delicious if you make vegetables, right? And I'm not a toddler who poo-poos anything green on my plate. (laughs) And then you got some mac and cheese in there. Of course you gotta get some sweet potato, but savory, not sweet. I don't want that cinnamon shit on it i want to you good, just delicious. said sweet potato okay it's a yeah but the you, vegetable, let, you let the tommy that's you let the, the potato do the and work and then the serving Please. of the sweet potato is a savory version not Please. a sweet version and you need some sort of buttered biscuit or crispy crunchy bread you can't do this without a nice bread on the biscuit Wow. Wow. Sarah Man. just eat their Tommy, though. Just I mean, saying. like. I, my mom and potatoes. my dad, Mac Jones, are getting. <laughs> I mean, I Sarah, Sarah came in. Sarah came in with that around the horn energy, <laughs> not willing to let yeah. Bill Plaschke yep. or uh, Israel Gutierrez <laughs> right. survive until the next Tommy, round. She wow. came in yeah. to kill. Tommy Plaschke said mashed potatoes were over. And I said, uh, 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 you, sir, are over. And your mom, too. Let's, hey, hey, congrats. Let's go to the voting. Put a potato in the shredder. That's delicious. No, that's your first problem. That That's your first problem right there. Grind it up. Let's go to the voting and see where this goes. I'm, I'm super excited to see where the voting goes. Who will be the next evictee from uh, Take Survivor Island? Will it be Tommy who says, in this order, stuffing, gravy, squash, turkey, mash, cran, and greens of choice. Heap it up. That's what you want. Very traditional and, Amer- and all-American Thanksgiving. Will it be Renee who says, it's not, it is not the content of the plate <laughs> is the content of one's character. That's right. And that character should Quality be going back to matter. eat Quantity. all day, <laughs> multiple times over the course of the day. Or will it be Sarah Spain who dropped a nuclear bomb on every single other person in here and said, "It's it, here's what it is, okay? It's 
It's uh, stuffing mashed potatoes, gravy, forget the cranberries, green mac, sweet potatoes. <laughs> Let the sweet potatoes do the talking. Don't put any of that cinnamon <laughs> stuff That's on right. it. And That's we need right. a little bit crunched, whether it's a toasty bread or a biscuit or whatever. Yeah. Sarah, you will might, it be? Sarah almost lost me with that. <laughs> let the sweet potato do the talking because mine is basically candy. Yeah, like, we call yeah, them candy. You put like marshmallows and shit on there. Yes. No thanks. Save that you, for dessert. Yeah. Wow. The All votes are the coming above. in, and it is, and it is. It, we've got one for uh, Tommy Vitor. Hold the cranberry. One <laughs> for All Day Plate Renee. And one for Kill Everybody, Sarah Spain. Wow. 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 One more for Tommy Vitor. And a few more for the second evictee from Take Survivor Island Thanksgiving Edition, Thomas Vitor. Tommy, oh, uh, the, the, the Patriots look incredible, so you can, you can bomb your wounds with that. That's what right. do you have to say, Tommy? I'm going to go home and I'm gonna watch the <laughs> Thanksgiving. Broken up about it. Yeah, I'm a little upset. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. <laughs> You're right, Tommy. I'm going to go watch the Thanksgiving All 22. I'm going to put in the work. I'm going to see what go. I did wrong here. I should have said next day sandwich because everyone knows the next day sandwich is the mm-hmm. goat. Sarah, right. potatoes next literally sandwich, started a famine know. that killed millions of people. I hope you're proud of yourself and I you guess. can live with wow. that answer. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Well, uh, Tommy going out, uh, <laughs> going out, taking shots at a classic yeah. carbohydrate route. It was right. actually the it was actually the disease, the uh, the bacteria that caused yeah, the famine, details. not the potato, potato famine. Yeah, the potatoes themselves <laughs> were innocent. By the way, I'd like to just make sure everyone knows that I voted out Tommy's mom at the same time as I voted out Tommy. So I just I don't want her to get off clean. Oh God! Oh, oh, my God. Not the whole this family. Brutal. Absolutely brutal stuff. And now we are wow. in the finals. We go to the finals, and it is an epic showdown between wow. Renee and Sarah Spain. And here we go for the finals question: Who would you? Love to have at your Thanksgiving, what person, historical figure, star, whoever, alive or dead, to make your Thanksgiving gathering the perfect Thanksgiving gathering? Renee, who alive or dead would you want at your Thanksgiving? Wow, this is tough. I'm literally thinking of it as we speak. You know, I saw some things going around that people wanted Jay-Z. Jay-Z, dinner with Jay-Z or $500,000. I I don't know if y'all saw that meme going around. (laughs) It was the wildest thing I've ever seen. So who I would invite to Thanksgiving is Cardi B and her family. Actually, changing my answer, Cardi B and her family and or Issa Rae. So the reason I'm inviting all of those is because I just want a turnt up festivity. My family is turnt on Thanksgiving. We're already going to have the food and the vibes. Who can come in and keep those same high energy, keep those same vibes? It's either Cardi B or Issa Rae. So I'm inviting them both. And they're both alive. So come through, Cardi. Come through, Issa. You have an open invitation to West Virginia, baby. Wow. That's a solid answer. Uh, Most people looking to turn down the drama on Thanksgiving. And yet (laughs) you invited Cardi B. Just let's see what happens. Um, I was actually going the opposite route. I will select just one person because I believe that was what the question was. Um, oh. Yeah, just details. <laughs> leave it to uh, leave it to Renee over there to be trying to cheat. Uh, I get it. I get it. Um, I'm going to go with the one person that could bring everyone in the family together because everybody knows that it's a time for thanks. 
it's it's a time for gratitude. It's a time for everyone <laughs> to put aside their differences, to gather over the idea of popping that top button and hating yourself at the end of the day because you ate way more than you were supposed to. We all need to just come together on that. And the person who brings everybody together, as documented in one of the greatest Saturday Night Live sketches of all time, is Adele. <laughs> It's Adele. We oh, all know wow. who can make all of the family members shut the fuck up and just enjoy their food and listen to some dudes. It's Adele. What? That's right. So y'all are going to eat turkey and go to sleep so on Adele, basically. That's what that sounds. They're turned down. We're turned up over here, okay? Well, now let's go to the voting. <laughs> now I would remind how you, everybody. How do you like here. your Thanksgiving? You are voting. Ratchet? You are voting. Or- Cardi B you are voting breaking off fingernails you are voting potatoes or oh voting for the God. winners now you're voting for the winner now who will it be this will is it crazy. be Renee will it be Renee who says uh, these are red bottom these are cranberry shoes I want <laughs> Cardi B I want I want Cardi B or Issa Rae if Cardi's if Cardi's dance card is is too full either one and we're going to have it turned up very exciting, very energetic, very charismatic. <laughs> I see that, Tommy. Or, I see that, Tommy. I assume we don't vote because our votes would presumably be, uh, or even will though it I'm be? here for Issa Rae. I've You're not voting. You're not voting. Yes. The finalists are not voting. Or will it be Sarah Spain who says, uh, hello, it's got to be Adele. Hello, it's got to be Adele rolling in the gravy. It's got to be Adele. We saw the clip of her uh, recently crying because her English teacher was there to ask her questions. By the way, let me just say Adele's PR team, whoever the marketing people are for Adele, who have got her doing live concerts at uh, Griffith Observatory and talking to Oprah and then like doing This Is Your Life. Incredible job. You guys are legitimately amazing. And whatever she's paying you, it's not enough. It's incredible. Who will it be? Votes are coming in now, and I remind you one more time, you're voting for the winner of Take Survivor. Holy uh, shit. Owner do you want to turn up, or do you want to turn down? Yeah, shouts to yeah. us, okay? Yeah, but, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we have, it, it is, it is, folks, this is exciting. We have one vote for Renee. One vote for Sarah. Okay. Another vote for Sarah. Followed by another vote for Renee. 2-2. Two, two. Renee versus Sarah. Final wow. vote. Final vote coming. For the winner of Take Survivor Thanksgiving, Renee Montgomery. Let's Renee. Go! <laughs> Renee. Damn. Y'all, I already lost what? in the finals once this week. <laughs> you know what? This That's sucks. tough. That's tough. Renee. What do you have to say for yourself upon your victory for Thanksgiving edition of Take Survivor? I can make the party hot. I can make your body rock. Up, then it's up, then it's up, then it's up. Well, first of all, I got to give a shout out to another owner in the building, okay? Yes! I have to do that just because we like to celebrate women around here. So I love that it made it to finals with a heavy hitter. But, you know, Thanksgiving holidays is what we do, and it's a turn up, Sarah. Let this be a a lesson. Turn up for the holidays. We don't want to cry on the holidays, even though people do. I like to turn up. Let's turn up! And Cardi B, you're welcome. Issa Rae, come through. We really want to hang with you guys. Like, that was legit. Good answer. Good answer. Well, That is... That has been the Thanksgiving edition of Take Survivor. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Goodbye. All right, 
everybody. I'm sorry. You know what that sound means. It means we're nearing the end, which is why I'm sorry. But it's time for Buzzer Beaters where we talk to stories we didn't get to cover. And something that I just want to throw out there that the listeners might not know, but of course we know. Saturday, November 27th, (laughs) the Knicks and the Hawks will be playing. Let's go. Let's go. And it's a rematch. Everybody knows when Trey took a bow at MSG. That is the last that we saw. That is the last that we saw of that matchup. But now it's coming back. I would like to just throw it out there that teams that we have beat last year have came back for revenge. The Philadelphia 76ers, they beat us by about 30. So I do understand that last year was last year. This year is this year. But it's still exciting, Jason. I'm still excited. I I, I am very excited. Listen, rivalries are one of the coolest things about sports. And nothing... one of the surefire ways to start a rivalry is one team eliminates another team in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, so, and listen, the, the season has not quite started the way either team has no. expected it to start, but it, I'm, I'm ready for the excitement. I'm ready for the vibes. I'm really excited. About so it. My, predictions, yeah. predictions, what are we thinking? I mean, look, we're both, and I'd like to just <sighs> say, we both have been on the struggle bus together. We've sat down on Mondays, like, Ooh, Lord, our teams, baby. So, we're both very humbled this year. I would like to say we're two humble teams. Um, I'm going to just throw it out there. We're going to be playing at State Farm Arena. And for me, that yeah. is a very welcome sight because we have had tremendous success at home and not so much success on the road. So the fact that this is at State Farm Arena gives me something, a little something to be excited about. Uh, that's all I'll say for that. But what are your predictions? What do you think? Well, listen, well, I, I can't. I'm going home for Christmas. I'm going back to the New York metro area, and I wouldn't be able to go home if I if I picked against my team. I'm going to pick the Knicks to win. I know they've been shaky. They've been two different teams in the course of games with the starters being absolutely missing in action and the bench being the best lineup in the NBA. None of that makes sense. Will Tibbs eventually uh, pull Kemba or somebody and, and give IQ the starting role? I don't know. But I got to pick the Knicks, and it's nothing personal. It's just I got to stay with my people. Uh, Renee, who do you got? Listen, I think I think yeah, you said on. it best. I'm riding, <laughs> I'm riding with ATL till the wheels fall off, man. I don't That's even right. care if we trash. Don't ask me no questions. Even if we're not good, y'all know where I stand. Now, I'm not going to be delusional even if we're not good, but y'all know who I'm riding with. I actually do think, right. though, that we could win this game. So I'm going to go with the Hawks, but... If anybody expected us to say anything different than what yeah. that, what we said, you're not paying attention. That's right. My buzzer beater is for Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, first of all, to everybody out there. I hope you're all able to be with uh, the people that you care about, that you're close to. I just love Thanksgiving because it's the holiday that I feel like everybody can take part in. Every every person from every background, race, ethnicity, religion, whatever, coming from New York. I've been to a bunch of Thanksgivings where it's like, you know, uh, non-traditional immigrant families and they put whatever their like, uh, you know, gathering fare on the on the table is in addition to turkey. And I was I just I love that. I love that everybody can take part in it. Thanksgiving. It's the best. And anytime uh, people have an excuse to just like eat a lot of food and hello somebody, I think that that is. That's how I want to live my life is eating a lot of food and falling asleep and watching, watching TV sports. all day Let's with go. the family. You know what? There is something to that. So happy holidays, everybody. 
That's right. And that is it for us, folks. Follow and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, subscribe to Take Line Show on YouTube for exclusive yep. video clips from this episode, plus my digital series, All Caps NBA. All comes caps. Every Friday. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy See you next holidays. Time. Let's go. Take Line is a crooked media production. The show is produced by Carlton Gillespie and Zuri Irvin. Our executive producers are myself and Sandy Gerard. Our contributing producers are Caroline Reston, Elijah Cohn, and Jason Gallagher. Engineering, editing, and sound design by Sarah Gibble-Laska and the folks at Chapter 4. And our theme music is produced by Brian Vasquez. Price drop. Time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.